Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What is going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have uh, floated our way down to BGN Radio episode number 17, another jam-packed show full of awesomeness uh, coming your way in just a little bit here. Got to remind you, this weekend, not only is it a huge weekend for the Eagles, for Chip Kelly, for Nick Foles, for Mike Kay's uh, testicles, but we are also giving away two books, biographies, Will the Thrill, all about Wilbert Montgomery. What a perfect week heading into Dallas. You know, Wilbert Montgomery had that famous run against Dallas in 1980 to send uh, the Philadelphia Eagles into the Super Bowl to then get uh, their asses handed to them by the uh, the Raiders, but nonetheless, it's still a great book by Edward J. Robinson. It's also got a great forward by Ray Didinger. We're going to give it out two copies. Uh, just follow BGN underscore radio on Twitter, uh, and you will see your chance to win at halftime and at the end of the game. So let's uh, be paying attention to that. And let's, uh, without further ado, let's introduce the entire panel as we start to our left, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton, editor in chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. How are you, sir? I'm ready for an Eagles win this weekend. Yes, sir. And to uh, my right, our very special guest joining us is all the way six blocks away from the BGN Radio Studios. He knows his stuff. Yeah, we call him the professor here. It is Mr. Patrick Wall. How are you, sir? Thrilled to be here, you guys. Let's do it. <laughs> and creepily sitting behind me, uh, chewing green beans, uh, eating hot wings, and checking out my ass is Mr. Mike K. What's going on, sir? I like you from behind, John. <laughs> That's what my mother always told me. Uh, later on, we're going to be having uh, Dan Kloster coming and joining on, uh, as he always does on the Friday Football Show, uh, to discuss uh, some uh, prospects in bowl games over the new year that you might need, they need to uh, take a look at. But, uh, guys, let's all just sit and react. We obviously missed uh, the reaction show to the Bears game. Let's touch on that for a little bit. BLG, how awesome was that 54-point? 
thrashing the other night. Oh, man, it was great. Uh, that was exactly what you wanted to see in a game that really didn't matter other than playoff seeding, which the Eagles did get the, the three seed now if they make the playoffs. And I think they will. But, I mean, it, it was just great. Uh, honestly, you know, I was in the press box, and the fans were just awesome. They were really loud. I mean, just from the beginning. And it almost felt like a playoff game, which is incredible because, again, that was a game that really didn't mean much other than the seeding. And to have that kind of playoff atmosphere there at this stage in the season, you know, that got me thinking, hey, if they do get a playoff game in Philly and they do make the playoffs, I think that's going to be a big home field advantage, which is funny because we entered this year thinking that the Eagles, you know, have a home field disadvantage. <laughs> that stupid curse. I told you, man, we all said that conversation a long time ago. As soon as this team starts rocking again, the link will start rocking. And I couldn't believe that we want Dallas chance. I think that was the coolest thing that's happened in a long time at that stadium. Very proud of the Philadelphia Eagles fans for going crazy. Patrick, how did you feel about that game going in and out of it, my friend? Well, I got to start by saying that, you know, I actually was lucky enough to be at that game. And I got to tell you, when they started doing those we want Dallas chants, I mean, hokey as it sounds, it really did, did uh, send a, a tingle down my spine. I mean, it was a really a rocking crowd. And, you know, when, when the Cowboys game ended and they won, which you always hate to say, you go into the game wondering, you know, the fans have been tailgating all day. They're amped for a potential NFC East championship that night. And you wondered how that was going to deflate the fans, and it didn't at all. And there was a point in the game, I think it was in the third quarter, when it was well out of hand. You could just see LaShawn McCoy on the sidelines, on the on the bench, jumping like a three-year-old after Christmas, man. It was, it was something. <laughs> and Mike, you know, I, I, there was probably a lot of inebriation going on in the stadium. No doubt there was a lot of inebriation going on at the uh, Desert Eagles Nest in Phoenix. What was the reaction down there my friend actually it was we want Dallas. i mean we really we uh we brought the link to uh arizona it was it was nice a lot of people showed up and um you know that was a real all-around team win i mean this team has lost as a team but we hadn't seen it fully win as a team in every phase and i think that's what's so interesting about this bears game the vikings game was a loss on every in every facet it was probably the worst coach game of the season uh, the offense looked horrible for, for a whole half. The, the defense looked terrible. I mean, and they weren't playing the Broncos, so they had no excuse. And then you turn on this, and, you know, while we expected LaShawn McCoy to have a great game, he was phenomenal. Um, Nick Foles, you know, set the record for uh, completion percentage in a game. Uh, the backup running backs were terrific. The defense was phenomenal. Trent Cole, what? What a game by him, man. And and uh, and if you uh, we got to throw a link up somewhere, but if you haven't caught it now, maybe you watch the inside the NFL. It's up on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Trent Cole has mic'd that entire game, and man, did they, I mean it just it just amplifies how close this team is now, how the chemistry has been built. Uh, a phenomenal job all around. Fifty four points. I can't get over that, man. That was an insane game. Hopefully, we can take a lot of that into this Cowboys game. And guys, I got to tell you. I, 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 we've talked a little bit off air about it, but seriously, there is no fucking way that the birds can lose this game. I'm sorry. It's just, I look at every facet of every matchup. Romo, we all know the story, herniated disc. They've got a bunch of shots. I mean, if he plays, I will be amazed. I think it's a humongous smoke screen going into this thing. Patrick, convince me 
that I should be a little bit worried this week. I think the biggest thing that concerns me is that no one is concerned. I mean, in looking at some of these, seriously, man, I mean, it's in looking at some of these numbers, I mean, the thing that worries me the most is that the Cowboys have had an entire week of people picking against them at home. They're, what, seven-point underdogs at home in the biggest game yeah, of the that's season? Ridic- that's ridiculous. And I think I said off-air, you know, if if the Romo news had come out today or tomorrow, then it may have been a little bit of a shock to the Dallas Cowboys system, but They've had a whole week to hear about how they have no chance to win and nothing scares me more in the NFL than a team that's heard all week that everybody thinks they're going to suck and it gives them an entire week to have this us against the world mentality. And if you've ever seen any movie ever or watched any football game ever, you know, it, it is a little worrisome, I have to say. But other than that, I mean, splitting hairs, really. Mike, convince me that I should be worried. I can tell that Patrick and I are going to be a very good tag team over the next couple of months. Uh, But, um, you know, I think what worries me is, you know, you've got to expect the unexpected. I know Kyle Orton's got a reputation of what he had looking like Dave Grohl and throwing, you know, 60% and doing, you know, I look, I know, but you know what? Honestly, I think they're going to have a good game plan. Now, does that mean that they're going to adjust well at halftime when they're down by seven points? Does that, I'm just not the type of person that gets too high or too low prior to a game. After a game, I'll get high with you all you want. But yeah, I know how that sounds. But I'll get I'll get just as high with you as whatever. But I also have a 24-hour rule. I'm the Nick Foles of this podcast. Oh, and I feel God. like uh, <laughs> some days I'm up. I'm really up. Some days I'm really, really down. But, uh, you know, I think that – I think when you look at this game – the one thing that makes me have a, like a glimmer of hope that we're going to kill them is that Sean Lee's not playing. Sean Lee is the only player on that entire team that scares me. Only player, because he can actually match up with LaShawn McCoy. He's the only guy in the league that I've seen match up with LaShawn McCoy and come out with probably positive results. So, this season at least. So, I think that's something, that's a feather we need to put in our cap. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with Patrick. I think... You know, I was constantly told that I couldn't do something. I would be doing everything I could to prove I could. Uh, BLG, seriously, save me here. Just just look at how the Cowboys have played recently. I mean, just go beyond the Washington game. But we'll, we'll, t- we'll take a look at the Washington game. Well, the Washington game, they didn't even play well. They, exactly. They, they didn't play well. They were down, like, what, nine or so points? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, had, they needed to come back, and they got it on fourth and goal from like 10 yards or 12 yards out. I mean, just that that it took that much just to win that game. And just they haven't played a good game, I feel like, since Denver, I think since Denver. since Denver. And that was so long ago. And that was I mean, a bad defensive they, game, too. Even Exactly. And they didn't and they win. Them a ton of points. And they didn't win. And even when they beat the Eagles, that wasn't a good game. They only beat them 17-3. to And they, they, they just didn't even look that impressive that day. It was more about the Eagles just looking more awful so i mean this is a team that just i feel like they haven't played well in so long and i'm just not seeing it i'm just not seeing why you should be afraid of the cowboys i think they can win this game yes because that's the nfl and that's that's what we saw in the vikings game that it's it is any given sunday anyone can win yes it is possible sure but i just do not I just don't see it happening. But Here's I think that's where Patrick and I are coming from, though. I think 
Mike, Good stuff there right. is less than a 1% chance that Dallas has a shot. I would say there's a 10% chance. Oh, but God. All with right. no Romo, with no sh- I mean... I'm not afraid of them. I'm just saying there's a... I, I mean, a decent chance. Patrick, would you not agree with me? Ten, how is ten, hold on. Ten is not how, decent. Exactly. How is 10% a decent chance? I'm just saying, if we didn't have Nick Foles and we didn't have D'Amico Ryans, I think we would still have more than a 10% chance to win that game. And I think what that says is that the Eagles are a better team than the Cowboys. So 10%, I think, is fair. I'll give them 10, sure. I think that's perfectly worded. Here's a, st- <laughs> here's a stat for you guys. Since week 10, the Eagles have the top offensive DVOA in the NFL. Since week 10, Dallas has the worst defensive DVOA in the NFL. Now, I mean, you, it's, it's not always just about the numbers, but that just on paper right there is a huge mismatch. Yeah. That tells you how well the Eagles offense has been playing and how horrible the Dallas defense has been playing. Yeah, and that's how I'm looking at this. How can the Eagles possibly lose the only concept that i can come up with is if both sides of the ball absolutely have to collapse the defense has to perform so bad and the offense has to perform so bad that kyle orton looks like an all-star i mean if one side or the other here it's either going to be a complete game like the bears were which is going to be hard to do because it's hard to do that week to week or it's going to be you know, a little less scoring points, but the defense will dominate whatever the Cowboys are going to throw at them and make it a decent game, and they'll still end up winning. If the defense fails and they want to run toe-to-toe with the offense, good luck because it's not going to happen in a shootout. I don't see how this team can get beat, and I'm tired of hearing about, well, look what happened in Minnesota. The Minnesota game meant absolutely nothing. Nothing. If you hear this locker room right now, they're not treating it like, hey, if we win this, we get in the playoffs. They're treating it as this is a playoff game. This is what is stopping us right now is the Dallas Cowboys away in that awful, gaudy stadium. So there is no way anyone can convince me that this team will lose to the Cowboys. Can I applaud now? Crickets. Podcast over. (laughs) Drop the mic. Yeah, I mean, well, then why'd you ask the question? Uh, You know, but, um, no, you know what I think the thing is, is that, you know, we have to have a little bit of skepticism. I think you got to respect your opponent, whether you hate them or you don't like them. But, I mean, I, listen, let me ask you this, John. If we lose, how awful are you going to feel? I'm going to feel like a complete idiot, but. I know going into it that that's exactly what should happen. If the Eagles lose this game, then we're farther behind than I thought. You know, we're not as, we're not up to speed. We're not like, you know, completely where this team should be. It's year one, John. It's year one. I know. No, I, yeah, but the, but it's, a, it's, it's different now. If they don't win this game, that's going to be severely disappointing. Hype or no hype. I'll still be happy in the long run, be like, okay, you know what? It wasn't a, a, a bad season. But if they lose this game, that's going to be on the coaching because if you can't game plan against this team and win, there's a problem. Don't you I think? I agree there. I agree. No, I, I completely agree there. I, I 100% agree there. But last game, they didn't lose because of coaching. Remember, we initially called it out, and then, you know, the All-22 came out, and guys were open, and it was really – I mean, it was Nick. Um, you Absolutely, know. yeah. So I think that 
while I'm not afraid of something happening to where, you know, he Nick Foles said all the right things and said something to the effect of, you know, a lot of people are going to be coming to the game, but I'll say hi to him after the game. I'm not really worried about that. I think this kid is going, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Nick Foles. I think that if they win big, Nick's putting up six touchdowns. I'm not even joking. If they do win big, it'll be because of it'll be because of Nick Foles and the defense. I don't think this is a game where Shady runs for whatever. I know that's what people are saying, but I, I just don't see it. I think Nick's going to avenge, you know, some demons, and uh, you know that seven touchdown game. He played angry. He played he played cocky and he played cool too. So I, you know. Actually, I think I just contradicted myself. But anyway, <laughs> the, the thing is, is I, I think Nick Foles is the key to this playoff run. We know what we have in Shady. People are going to sack the box of Shady. Can Nick throw when Shady's not available? Yeah, I, and it'll be interesting to see, and I, I, I tend to agree with you there. I mean, there is I, – I think it's not only Nick that's pissed off. I think Chip's really pissed off too. I still think there's a lot of venom in there somewhere hanging down in the bows of all – of all this crap that's been said the entire year, not just from national people, even from beat writers, from other things of just constant questioning, why are you doing this? How come this isn't working? And pretty much everything he said is his entire plan, and he hasn't backed up on that. He's stayed the course, which is really impressive to me as a coach. And, you know, I, I, well, let's see how everybody, Patrick, if, if the Eagles lose this game, what are you going to do the next day? Oh, don't make me answer that, man. <laughs> I will say this, though. The fact that we're even having this conversation, that means Chip Kelly is coach of the year, right? Can we agree on that at least? I, I think he is. I, I the think fact so. that we're talking about how the Eagles should be shoe-ins to make the playoffs, I think speaks volumes to the fact that he's a first-year head coach, 10-win season potentially. Uh, I don't think in, in my wildest dreams I could have expected this kind of success in year one. He gets that tenth win. He's the sh- it's done. If he doesn't, it's Andy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Insult to injury. Jeez. So many people in the off season, when the Eagles were looking for coaches, said, "Oh, Philly's not a good target. Why? Because they were bad last year. They don't have a quarterback in place. Blah blah blah." All right. Well, flip that around. Now, if that's true, and if it was such a bad target, and he has had this kind of success here, then Uh-oh. you absolutely have to give him coach of the year, because then Uh-oh. you're saying he came into Uh-oh. a bad situation, and he made something great out of it. So, yeah, I think he's absolutely coach of the year. I mean, I there, but to be fair, there have been some there have been some great uh, rookie coach uh, performances this year. I like what McCoy has done out there in San Diego. Absolutely. I think he's done a great job with Philip Rivers, uh, Bruce Arians. He has the Cardinals playing well. Uh, I mean, so he, there's some good competition there. And, of course, Andy has – he does deserve credit in turning around Chiefs to an extent. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there is some stiff competition. It's not – it's not uh, it's it's not a runaway. But, I mean, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm voting Chip Kelly. And speaking of awards, we're actually going to have a, a little BGN award show, I think, uh, next week, whether it's, uh, you know, the biggest uh, dingleberry, as Mike Kay suggested, or uh, – you know, the, the who wears the hot pants the best. We'll figure out something. But, you know, six or seven categories. If you guys have any ideas for an award, even uh, for what we're talking about, we'll gladly uh, accept all. Uh, I'll tell you what. Whoever comes up with the best category will not only use, but we'll also give you another Will to Thrill book. Hey, bingo. Add on top of that. So, uh, you know, we'll uh, put that on <laughs> Twitter and I'm sure on the website somewhere. 
for uh, the Will the Thrill book. So come up uh, with the best uh, BGN award category, and you might just win yourself a book, young man. Uh, moving on uh, to uh, some other stuff here. We're going to check in uh, with actually the man who couldn't be here because he is working hard at 97.5 The Fanatic. And it is Mr. Uh, James Zeltzer. James, what's going on, my friend? How are you, Johnny? Good to hear your voice. Oh, well. with your, your dulcet tones. <laughs> well, you know, we've been debating here uh, for a little bit. Uh, most of us are kind of uh, down the middle here. That the, I should be somewhat worried about the Cowboys because this is the NFL and any team can win and blah, 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 blah. So what do you say? Are you at all scared about this Cowboys matchup at all? Here's the thing, John. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm not I'm not scared. Uh, the only Here's the only thing that I can understand the fear uh, is that this is Philadelphia. We've been in this spot before. We've been in NFC Championship games. We've been in playoff games where we thought there was no way we could lose that game and, and ended up losing. And, and again, you know, Kyle Orton being in, you worry that maybe it's a similar type of thing with Minnesota where – you know, maybe the Eagles just, you know, don't bring all that they have because they think it's going to be a little bit easier. But ultimately, uh, you figure if your team can't get up for a, for a winner-take-all game to make the playoffs, then what, what are you really doing here? So ultimately, I don't see a letdown. Ultimately, I don't see any matchup really on either side of the ball uh, that you should really be worried about. Yeah, man. I mean, this is what I keep trying to tell these guys, man. There is no way in hell that this team is going to beat the Eagles. It's just... It's a foregone—I mean, what, Neckbeard is going to come out and have this amazing game after barely throwing a pass for almost two years? Like, the, the matchups just seem uh, too crazy. Is there one thing in this game that might scare you, uh, either on defensive or offensively on the uh, on either side of the ball? Well, offensively, no. Uh, you know, I mean, for the Eagles. Uh, I mean, you're talking about the worst defense in football uh, going up against one of the two or three best offenses in football, arguably the best. Um, so offensively, no. I think from a defensive perspective, you have to look at that Minnesota game and say, all right, the potential is still there for this defense to throw a clunker out there. And I think that's what you worry about. And obviously, I think there are really only two guys, excuse me, three guys on the, the Dallas side of the ball who worry you in any way. Uh, you know, obviously, I think Witten and, and Des Bryant are the first two names that come to anyone's mind. Uh, and then, of course, DeMarco Murray, you know, I'm not super scared of Murray, but but he's a competent back. He's a good back in the NFL. He's healthy uh, this late in the season for the first time in his career. Um, so, you know, you figure that, that with Orton in there, assuming it's Orton, uh, they're going to slow down the offense a little bit. They're going to try and run the ball a little more. And you always worry about a running back kind of getting into a groove and, and an O-line showing up. The Cowboys offensive line is not bad. You know, it's not great, but it's not bad. Travis Frederick has been a really nice addition as a rookie this year at the center spot. Um so I think if I were worried, it would be uh, mostly that DeMarco Murray is going to find a way to just kind of eat up clock, keep the Eagles' offense off the field, pound the ball down the field. Uh, I think that if Dallas has any chance to keep up with the Eagles, they're going to have to slow down the Eagles' offense by running the ball, by moving it slowly and kind of eat that clock. So uh, how does this one end, my friend? Give me a final score. Uh, you know, like, like I said, John, I think you could tell from what I'm saying that ultimately I'm not very scared of this team. I think that the Eagles are going to come out ready to play, whether it's Orton, whether it's Roma, whether it's Jerry Jones, whether it's Jason Garrett, whoever's playing quarterback for the Cowboys, I think the Eagles are going to come out ready to play. I think they're going to be fired up. I do think that that loss in Minnesota kind of kicked them in the ass a little bit. I really do. I think that it kind of reminded them that they're not infallible. Uh, excuse me, that they are infallible, that they're not necessarily unbeatable uh, as they were on that winning streak. And, and I think it's kind of knocked them into the place we all want them to be at. 
Um, so I, I, I see a blowout, John. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to go 38 to 20. Eagles win, and that 20 points is, is even a little higher. I think Gordon maybe gets a little garbage time points. It's a beautiful thing, sir. Well, thank you so much for uh, checking in with us, and uh, we will see you next week. Hopefully, we'll be talking about the playoffs. Beautiful, man. And a big thank you for James Seltzer for checking in, but we're going to move right along as we have the very uh, not clean-shaven now the last time I saw him. Uh, taller than you think, and he loves the red jackets, Mr. Dan Klostner. How are you, sir? It was a windbreaker. <laughs> Whatever, windbreaker. Uh, how, how, how tall did you think I was? I don't know. You were taller than me. I just didn't expect. Uh, uh, I felt t- actually, I felt dominated by the entire room. To be honest with you, I was like, all right, I'm about six foot. That's not too holy crap. Everybody is like a, a basketball player size in here. Yeah, no, imagine how I felt when I met you know when I met Brandon. I'm not used to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like holy jeez. Uh, by the way, for uh, uh, people that have not seen BLG's faces, I know he's very mysterious. It is quite pretty. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that. Dan, these He's guys... literally seven feet tall. <laughs> he is. He is. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Um, we have been talking, uh, obviously, about the most important game of the year. It finally is the most important game of the year. A run to get into the playoffs. Half of us are saying, you know, there's no way the Eagles can lose this. The other half is saying there's a 10% chance that they can. Where do you fall on this, my friend? I said, there's no way he was going to... There's no way... There's no way they were going to lose the Vikings, right? No, but there's no was way there they a chance game. they could overlook Minnesota. <laughs> right, right. I don't think they. There's no. I, I mean, listen. There's always a way you could lose this game, but the them looking them overlooking Minnesota was a very real thing that happened. But there's like Brandon. There's no way you can overlook Dallas in this game, even if you were to have like a any kind of emotional letdown because they're so injured because Roma's not playing. I mean, this is this is a win and you're in scenario. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be very shocked, disappointed, upset, distraught, depressed, um, all those kind of sad words. <laughs> well, I was asking these guys. I mean, is do you see what way the Cowboys could win this game? Just give yeah, me they anything. Got a bunch of guys who can still play professional football. I mean, you know, Des yeah. Bryant, Jason Witten, Demarco Murray's playing in this game. He didn't play the last game. Maybe he gets thirty carries, and we, for whatever reason, can't stop their run game. It's like when they, you know, it's like when the Redskins and the Cardinals ran on us in the first half of those games. I don't know. Anything, you know, anything could happen. The the people who don't understand, you know, who are dumb about stats and try it out the, oh, when DeMarco Murray gets 20-plus carries, they're 11-0 stuff. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's so dumb. It should be a stat that's eradicated forever. But I do, you know, that's going to be what they're going to try to do is run him, control the clock, don't let our offense on the field, do anything they can to shorten the game and uh if it if it works then that's how i see them winning but if we shut down the run game and make them one-dimensional with the pass and pin our ears back and go after wharton i i take our chances i don't you know so chicago that's what i'm saying take out forte make them pass it go up 21 nothing see you later but you know listen we made <laughs> vikings pass too and they passed all over us so well, i know, mean not the best game by know. anybody in that squad you know i don't i I don't think this is going to be a blowout like the way people think. I think this is going to the lines what six and a half, seven now. Yeah. I really, I think, I think we could end up having a touchdown game, kind of like, you know, thirty-one, twenty-four, something like that. Maybe they get a return touchdown. I don't know, but I, I just, I don't think it's going to be some crazy. I hope it's a crazy blowout. And we don't have to worry about you know getting our sphincters all tight in the second <laughs> half. But I don't know. Mike likes a good tight sphincter. Yeah, he does. 
Well, uh, we're going to be talking to Dan in uh, just a little bit about the bowl games that are obviously coming up for New Year's Day. Uh, some uh, college draft prospects uh, that you could be looking out for. But first, let's go around the room and get everybody's uh, prediction for this one. We're going to start with our newest guest, the professor, Mr. Patrick Wall. How do you see this one ending out? You know, I've been going back and forth, and even though I gave the Cowboys a very uh, favorable 10% chance to win this game, I don't see that happening. Um, I'm going to say Eagles 38, Cowboys 21. Ooh, I like that score. Mr. Dan Klosner, how does this one end? Uh, 31-24 Eagles. Mr. Mike K. Abstain. <laughs> this guy, I tell you what, uh, he must have never... Take him off the podcast forever. Never been a baseball <laughs> player. The streak's over. We, You know, after you pick a, a team to lose for so long and they end up winning, and then it flips on you, it's over. you got to come up I with play, I strategy. played left field for four years, thank you. <laughs> 35 to 30, uh, Eagles. Mr. BLG. 60. Oh, shit, 60 burgers. I hate to, you, Brandon. To, <laughs> to, uh, I guess 20. <laughs> Dude, if that happens, I'm buying you, <laughs> I'm buying you so many New Year's gifts. Uh, I mean, I would love Chip to hang a 60 burger and just completely embarrass, uh, everybody. Run up the score. Run it up. Leave no doubt, Herman. Run it up. Uh, but uh, I will say it's a little lower than that. I'm going to go Eagles uh, 38, Cowboys 12, uh, because I, I don't expect anything coming out of Kyle Orton. I don't expect anything out of DeMarco Murray. I say you stack the box, let Kyle Orton beat you. I have nothing but confidence in this team going forward. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully it is a great way to end the Sunday night. But, of course, we said uh, also some big games in the college world. So, Dan, what are we going to look for uh, around uh, the, all the bowl selections? What are your top picks that we should be looking at here? Okay, well, there are a lot of bowls, so tell me what you're – I mean, there's a bowl going on right now. we got Northern Illinois and Utah State. <laughs> Just tell us what uh, what bowl games we should be watching. You should, you should be watching all of them. Oh. Top out. But – if you really want to be picking, <laughs> you guys have something really that much better to do. I guess you got. I guess you should watch Miami and Louisville on Saturday night. You got Bridgewater and Stephen Morris in there. Um, there is there's Preston Brown. He is a he is a linebacker from uh, for Louisville inside linebacker. Um, let's see what else. What other games? They have a wider. Miami has a wide receiver, Alan Hearn who's kind of under the radar. He might, I don't think he's going to be a top pick, but he's another guy to watch. Um, let's see. New Year's Bowls. Oh, boy. You guys are going to be you guys gonna be doing anything on New Year's, or are you trying to watch football? I mean, I'm, that's pretty much all we're doing, right? Watching football? Speak for yourselves. My girlfriend's moving in next week. <laughs> so... Oh, right. By the way, there's also, for the Louisville game, Devontae Parker, the wide receiver, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's favorite target. Um, he's a junior. I I mean, my, my guess is that anybody who's relying on Bridgewater will probably come out. He's, he's like a bigger guy, jump ball guy. He's had some dropsies, but drop, uh, drops, not, dropsies, not, not the kind of dropsies you want. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. You guys, I mean, I, I come in here without an itinerary, you know. Um, <laughs> Just well, tried to wing it. Yeah, that's good, I guess. Um, all right, here we go. 
A guy who I like a lot on the uh, December 30th. It's uh, I forget which bowl this is, but I know <laughs> Mississippi and Georgia Tech are playing in the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Hey, now. Wow. Gosh. This is a big one. <laughs> Ole Miss has a bunch of really stud uh, freshmen who obviously can't come out. Con Treadwell, uh, Robert Kimdichie, who played running back at one point earlier this season. You should YouTube it. It was pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, Georgia Tech has a guy I like a lot, Jeremiah Tauchu, who could be a edge rusher for the Eagles. Um, I think he's, like, predicted as a third-round kind of guy. I think he could end up going late first, early second when it's all said and done. Georgia Tech also has – they have some good secondary players. Jamea Thompson – or Thomas is, like, this kind of honey badger-like kind of safety guy. You can play him in nickel, but, he, you know, he flies around, hits everything that moves. Lewis Young's a cornerback. He's probably a day-three guy if draftable at all. Let's see. What else? And also, well, I don't miss Dante Moncrief's a guy. He's a wide receiver. He was talked about a lot going into the season. He's been overshadowed by Treadwell, but I think he's also a junior. He might declare. Oh, man. Well, if you really want to watch, you got Oregon and Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Oregon's got a bunch of players. You know, they got Ifo, Ikpre Olamu. Say that 10 times fast, all of you now. How'd I do? Not bad, actually. <laughs> Better than I was expecting. But, uh, you know, Oregon also has Colt Layerla. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> a guy I like a lot on Oregon, though, on their defense is Taylor Hart. He's a defensive lineman, sort of like a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. He's uh, he's the white dude, number 66. He'll be the guy who has the, the big-time motor, running down everybody along the line, making plays. I actually think he's pretty good. He doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's like that kind of versatile, you know, you can play along the line anywhere you want. Um, pretty cool player. Um, probably a chip, and I would imagine he's a Chip Kelly play, uh, favorite. What, what what about the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Baylor and UCF? You know, Bortles. Ooh, is pretty... we, to, we got some. We got some Blake Bortles. Is that what? Yeah. Cool. Is that what we want to go to? All right. Well, Blake Bortles, who's gotten every comp from Ben Roethlisberger to actually, uh, my friend floated an Andrew Luck one, which that's, I don't. That's what I see too. I don't. Yeah. Well, there was a different friend. Let me tell you. Uh, I actually kind of – I don't think the Andrew Luck one is that bad. Um, I think Andrew Luck was a better prospect. But Bortles is the kind of guy he's – you watch him and you go, you know what? He's pretty good. He's solid. I don't think there's anything that ever like – his toughness is actually wows me. I like his toughness a lot. He, he takes a beating and he's also done it in some pretty poor conditions too. That SMU game was insane. Oh, my God. That was ridiculous. Yeah, it's like an ice storm, you know. So I think he's like a – I don't – I can't believe all this talk about him being a top five pick. That doesn't – you know, I don't I don't see that, but uh, if the market dictates it, you know, I think that is he even like what's the deal? Is he is he, is it just pr projection now that he's coming out because nobody else is, or is it actually does this actually have legs? Mike, you would I, know better than me. Um, I think right now it's kind of he's weighing his options. I know he's big into his education, so oh, uh, take good. that for what take that for what it's worth. But I mean, you know. He's got a shot of being the best quarterback in UCF history. I mean, you know, is that, that saying, really is, that, is that saying much? Be honest. Well, Cole, Cole Pepper. I mean, you got Cole Pepper. Oh, right, Cole Pepper. Oh, right. Wow. So I think Portals, you know, broken all of his records. Not all of them, but I also think that he can get them to a point where you know they might be ranked top ten, and actually they might be ranked top ten if they win the bowl game. So. Mm. Um, I think with the way he's playing, I would come out. I mean, if Bridgewater stays, Carr's probably the first overall pick quarterback-wise, and then you'd have Bortles. I mean, who else? Who else you you excited about? So, um, 
if I were him, I'd come out. I don't know. He's so on the fence. He's more on the fence than Bridgewater is. I have a quick draft question here. Yes. For uh, Dan. Uh, today I did a, you know, I did a uh, 2014 NFL mock draft post on... Uh, I saw that. Bradley yeah. Roby. For, mm. yes. And obviously that's not me making the pick. It's no, Dan Kadar of uh, yeah. mocking the draft. But, yeah, so how do you feel about uh, a cornerback and specifically Bradley Roby? Oh, I think I definitely think they need to add young. De- Listen, I think I think you're going to see Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher again next year, which is fine. But you right. definitely need to add a younger, younger outside kind of corner because I don't I don't see them wanting to move Boykin from the slot. And given how important the slot is in today's defenses, I don't think you need to move him, um, especially given his you know his physical dimensions. Because um, I do think that they want taller, bigger, longer guys out on the outside. So I definitely think taking a cornerback in the first round would be a good idea. At the very worst, you had good depth of the position. You let them learn for a year. And then when, you know, Kerry Williams cap number balloons in 2015, you, you can cut them. I like Ro- I, I know Ro- Roby coming into the season was like a top 15 pick for a lot of people, and I know he struggled a little bit. I don't know. Listen, honestly, I still like him. I think he's explosive athletically. He's fast. He's got the length. He can, he, he can play press. and He's very good at his man corner and press. Um, he can be a little bit of a loose cannon, let his instincts get the, you know, I mean, let his uh, emotions get the best of him. But he's got really good instincts and ball skills. And I think I think he's the kind of guy who, you know, you have all the physical, the raw physical tools, and you give him pro coaching, you kind of put him in that kind of environment. And I think that you're going to get the player who a lot of people have, were ranking as a top 15 kind of guy. Um, yeah, I, I still like him on that. I know he's had some rough games. I, I don't think he's been nearly as bad as people make him out to be in the games that I've seen this year. Um, but you know, I also, I also think the cornerback's the hardest position to, to evaluate, but, um, no, I like him. And I think that when all said and done, he's going to end up being in kind of in that range, 20, 20 to 40 kind of range for when he ends up getting picked. So, well, it'll be interesting to see kind of, uh, what, uh, strategy the Eagles take here in the off season and what they're going to pick. But right now we need to uh, see what the boys around here are picking in this week's NFL picks. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. can't actually remember the record I had last week, but I know it wasn't good because I rang the damn bell way too much. And next time, I just got to stick it right up my ass. It's probably a lot more. Lot you can more. ring my bell. I was hoping somebody was going to do that. <laughs> that nah, I think that just needs to be in the background from now on every time we do this. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, obviously, we're going to start out with our guest again, the professor, Mr. Patrick Wall, who is very new to the spread game. So... Go easy on him. We're just trying to get him into the swing of things, but he is our first selection. Patrick, where are we going? Tell you what, guys. Let's go and look at the New York J-E-S-T Jest, Jest, Jest against Miami Dolphins. Uh-oh. 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 Brandon. Brandon, I think in there, the Jets are officially, what is the spread on that game? I can't find it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I don't know, but Brandon's just pointed hammer Jets are plus six away. Jets are plus getting six away at Miami. Uh, for the first selection. Mr. Dan Klosner, where are we going next? Well, let us go to Indianapolis, where the Indianapolis Colts are 11-point favorites. 
Give me the Jaguars to cover. <laughs> I'm like the it. same way. I, I That's my first pick as well. Excellent. So Mike K and Dan Klossner taking the Jags plus 11. BLG, where are we going next? Well, obviously, I have the Eagles winning 60 to 20. So <laughs> I am taking the Eagles minus seven on the road in Dallas to beat the Cowboys. Well, the water seems warm and your boat seems uh, plentiful for a seat. I'm uh, sitting down on that boat as well. I'm taking the Eagles minus seven oh, on the road to Dallas. Uh, Mr. Patrick Wall, where are we going next, sir? Let's do uh, Niners Cardinals since it's a pick em. I can uh, pretend like I know what I'm talking about here when I say <laughs> that the San Francisco 49ers... We'll take that one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I know Mike, no. K- Mike K's selection is is in there as well. Michael, where are we going in that one? I'm going the opposite. I'm taking the Cardinals. Oh, uh, I just think there's, I think there's so much, there's too much on the line for them to lose this game. And I think San Francisco, while they could get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and while I would love them to do that because in Seattle, uh, can't play at home the entire playoffs, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Arizona wins. Dan Klosner. I got excited. Dan Klosner, where are we going next? That happens. It's okay. <laughs> well, I was going to take Arizona, but I'm going to take the San Diego Superchargers minus nine and a half. <laughs> give me give me that. They're going to beat the Chiefs by more than nine and a half. Yep. Kansas City obviously uh, sitting all its starters and it has nothing to... Well, uh, they're going to be mixing and matching, says Andy Reid. Yes. I don't care anyway. <laughs> Shady's got the records. BLG, where are we going next? Why don't we travel to Washington, D.C.? Yes. Or actually, no, we're traveling to New York. Sorry about well, that. Well, technically New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, somewhere in that northeast region. The New York metropolitan area. Wherever the Giants play or wherever they say they play. We're taking the Giants because they're minus three and a half. And, you know, the, it's the Giants' last game of the year. And, I, you know, I, they're playing at home. Uh, the Redskins just look so bad against Dallas last week. They just look so bad. Like, I, I was just horrible. I, I can't take the Redskins here. I have to take the Giants minus three and a half. And it ruins their draft position if they win. So, there you Woo. go. Yoo-hoo. Wait, yeah. What's the scenario? If Houston wins and the Giants win, uh, it becomes St. Louis as the overall first-round pick. Is that correct? Yeah, and that would be funny. So, let's go for that. <laughs> I agree with that. I, I like that as well. Uh, we are uh, heading back to one of my favorite cities in fantasy land, not one of my favorite cities in reality. We are heading to Cincinnati as they take on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Bengals, a favorable minus. The Bengals are a minus six against this game. And you know what? I, I have that feeling that it's going to be a weird Sunday and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to somehow get in as the wild card at eight and eight. So oh, I like the Bengals over the Ravens at minus six. Patrick Wall, your last selection, sir. Let's go to sunny Seattle, where I like the Seahawks minus 11. And honestly, I think I would like them at minus 111 in this game. <laughs> no way they lose twice at home in a row. Uh, Mr. Dan Klosner, your final selection, sir. Before I give my final selection, let me just say that we missed a bunch of prospects earlier. <laughs> we, got, we got Lake Seastrunk. We got Tevin Reese, Antoine Goodley, Bryce Petty. And there's also Storm Johnson for UCF. Also, there's That sounds like Dan is being ushered off of the Oscar stage. <laughs> and also, I forgot. Just one more thing. There's, a, there's a safety on Louisville. All right, I'm ready to make my pick. Okay, go ahead. There's a safety on Louisville named Calvin Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> Who I like. Anyway, let's see. What else? What else do we have here? Oh, my God. I like the Minnesota Vikings to obliterate the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's a good one. 
This yeah, I, this line has been I don't know. Bovada sucks. What does this What does this strike through the line mean? I. I it means Minnesota it, not three it, point favorites. Yeah, it means it came out at three. They've erased the line due to something, but they're both being out of playoff contention, I guess. So uh, we'll take that as a pick 'em. You like the uh, the lines to smoke them? No, other way around. <laughs> yeah, the, the Vikings. You better you better give me the Vikings. The Lions. Have caught, I can't imagine them not completely quitting. Uh, Mr. Mike K, your final selection, sir. Let me just say this. The St. Louis Rams, with the first overall selection, take, bam. The Houston Texans are not only going to need not need the points, they're going to beat the, the Titans. We're going to give the Titans 14 points because I think the Texans are going to kill them. Wow. In Tennessee, there's, Tennessee's a seven-point favorite. I see Houston winning by, by 17 points. Holy cow. Ring the bell. <laughs> I I just can't see it. The, the Texans are so bad. I, they I lost just thirteen think, games in a row. I just think they're they're just heartbroken. I, they started the, start the season two and zero. Oh. They're just and and they started the season two and zero, oh, and they needed comeback wins to win both of those games. They were down big to the Chargers in game one, and they were they were struggling against those same Titans. And now the Titans are at home. I, I don't think the Titans are a good team, but I really think they're not horrible so i'm taking the titans minus seven to win a home beautiful 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 and as we head to the final selection another humongous matchup uh that is probably going to be uh, a little bit closer than the eagles and the cowboys game i am heading to the windy city in chicago and uh, there is no line posted obviously because it was announced that aaron Rodgers is starting for this game it doesn't matter. I don't care what the line is yeah, up to a certain point. If it goes to like five or six, it's ridiculous. I don't get, think it's going to be there. I think that they're going to make Chicago a two and a half to three and a half point favorite. I love Chicago in this game after being getting the shit kicked out of them here in Philadelphia. I think they will be ready and primed and ready to eat everything that's in that stadium. And the Bears clinch the NFC North going out. Uh, Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Mike K with the challenge. Tell me why Green Bay wins this game. Did you watch Chicago (laughs) in the last game? And I think Aaron Rodgers, I'm telling you, Aaron Rodgers has had time to just chill out. As long as he doesn't take a ton of hits, I know that offensive line sucks. But guess who else is coming back? Randall Cobb. So I, I, I like that combination. And I think a lot of their wide receivers have been able to get playing time while Cobb's been out. So I think all these kids can play. I, I think Aaron Rodgers lets it fly. I, I, I agree, but I also think that both defenses are so bad uh, that the Bears have a, a slighter edge with the wide receiving core, and I think Aaron Rodgers doesn't finish the game. That's where my head's at. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, Mr. Patrick Wall, final thoughts as we are heading out. As I said before the show started, it was an honor to be on with the Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, and even Scotty Pippen. Of the That's podcasting me. world. Thanks, guys. Right. Wait, who's who there? Uh, who's who? North nah, Korea, leave though. that up to our imaginations. Am I Phil Jackson? Yes. Yes, you are. Nice. Uh, Patrick is Tony Kukoc. So. Nice. That's pretty <laughs> solid. No, Can you Bill Weddington, Daniel? The underrated center. Robert Bill, Bill Cartwright? Robert Parrish. No. Or, or, well, no. Bill, Bill Perdue. Horace Bill. Grant. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Um, oh, yeah. Win two Oscars? Wait, what? Luke Longley? Wait, who's Steve Kerr? Nobody. Go ahead. John Paxton? 
Okay. If we can Ooh, be, I love jump. You know what? We'll finish. We'll, we'll do this some other time. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to figure out. Uh, final thoughts? Oh, I think we'll be having a playoff podcast next week. <laughs> really don't want to be wrong about it either. Oh, my God. Mike K., final thoughts? Uh, and I'll probably be the one that's telling so you you're wrong. So, um, you know, just keep to stay tuned to uh, BGN Radio and and Twitter. And uh, like I said earlier today, if the Eagles beat the Cowboys by 20 points, this is a bet between John and I. But I am going to front the bill no matter what. If if we win by 20 points, we're going to give away something really really special to one of you guys. And stay tuned for the book giveaways. We just want to give back. You know, it's that holiday season, and despite being Jewish, I'm still celebrating with you. So uh, just stay tuned. Go Eagles. I saw American Hustle instead. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I saw Wolf of Wall Street. I hear there's a lot of graphic and gratuitous and awesome sex. There is. Nice. But I was thinking of you the entire time, Dan. Knew it. Well, that's a good way to end it. BLG, final uh, thoughts as we're heading out here. Two words. Super Bowl. Oh, shit, he said it. Oh, oh, God, we're going to lose so bad this weekend. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, listen, our apologies again to Mr. Mike Freeman. We have uh, run out of time. Go Eagles. It's going to be a complete dominating game. We're out. For Bart, 